0: What's up everybody? Welcome back to Good Company, a podcast where we try to provoke some thought, get you to think about some things you've never thought about, experience some things you may not have experienced or have, and listen to some conversations that you might not have had. And on today's show, we got Sam Kemp in the building. Um, My man leads ayahuasca retreats in the Amazon jungle a couple times a year. And uh, what we talk about, what we get into today is the use of psychedelics and the misconceptions and the misnomers about these drugs and how Sam has kind of come into using them and now has dedicated his life to helping others heal themselves with these psychedelics. And and we talk a little bit about his experiences with it. We share some crazy stories. Um, Well, he shares some crazy stories and uh it's a good time man and and um he actually uh he actually shed a lot of light on some things that i had no idea about so i found it fascinating i hope you will as well hit him up on instagram at sam camp cj and uh yeah man without further ado sam camp
1: This morning with a good buddy of mine, um, Sam Camp, and I. Uh, well, Sam Camp, Sam Camp, and I go way back um, to Idaho where we grew up. And Sam has a an interesting uh, vocation right now. And uh, for a long time, Jr. and I have debated some things on whether or not we wanted to do things such as mushroom, I want to do shrooms. psychedelics. I want to do shrooms. We bro. wanted and. But we've been very hesitant, and for several reasons. Yeah. And uh, we're bringing so Sam on to uh, kind of take us through some of that stuff. We decided to bring yeah, on an, we'll... expert. <laughs> an expert. An <laughs> <I> expert. <don't, laughs> so.
2: I don't know if you can call me that, but I definitely work with this stuff a lot. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> someone who's experienced that at
1: least. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: Sam, so is that uh uh like what's is it all psychedelics? Are you mostly doing shrooms? I mean, what's, what's the, what's the bag look like?
2: So I only work with psychedelics. I, I guess we'll start off with talking about something my friend told me the other day that was really profound to me. He talked about what is a drug and a drug means two different things. It means to either heal or to either kill. So I only choose the drugs that heal. Mm. And there's a lot of drugs that are really terrible for you. Alcohol is a terrible drug. There's a lot of terrible drugs out there that, that just hurt you. But the drugs, the drugs that I consider ones that heal you are the ones that make your tomorrow better. So you mm. take a drug today and your, your tomorrow is better when you're not on the drug. Or you, next week you feel better because you did a drug a week ago. That's, I, I consider that a drug that is a healer and so hmm I only work with psychedelics because that's how all drugs is psychedelics i seem to be the only ones that are healers mdma uh ecstasy or molly that's that's kind of in the i feel like it's in the middle ground i don't i haven't really worked with that one at all but regular psychedelics like mushrooms and lsd and especially ayahuasca uh i work i work with those all the
1: time. <laughs> and so, uh yeah, go ahead. How how did you get into psychedelics?
2: Um so back when I was in my early 20s, I uh I did psychedelics a few times, but it was really just to party. And I think a lot of the time people that party, they just like to do things to get fucked up. They're really just they're people that are trying to escape from life a lot of the time, and psychedelics aren't good for escaping from life. They're good for putting a magnifying glass on all your problems and having to deal with them right there. So I would do, I did them a few times back in the day when I would just, you know, when I was just getting into, you know, partying, I guess as you you could call it. And uh, I had a really profound experience on mushrooms that I think changed me. It made me a more conscious person. I was a very unconscious child, a very angry, unconscious child growing up. And I didn't even realize that these mushrooms changed me, but that wasn't what really got me into them. Cause I didn't even really notice it. Cause I, cause back when I was younger, I didn't realize psychedelics could be beneficial because they were just lumped in with every other drug. And I think that's a lot of, that's, that's the problem is a lot of us grew up in that same kind of way where we just saw psychedelics lumped in with other shitty drugs. And so we just categorized them the same. It's like, LSD for some people is right above heroin, you know, and that is just a terrible misunderstanding with it. But what, mm. I, but, but what really got me into psychedelics was I started listening to Joe Rogan's podcast about four or five years ago, and there was one podcast with this guy named Aubrey Marcus, episode 498, and he talked about how he went down to uh, Iquitos, Peru, in the Amazon jungle, and he, he, he st- was drinking ayahuasca in San Pedro, which is a cactus-like peyote down there. And he just talked about how incredible his experiences were, and how life-changing they were, and how they taught him all these different lessons. And uh, it really inspired me. He's like, "Holy oh, shit, there's really something to these things." And and the people that come on Joe Rogan's podcast and Joe Rogan himself—they do these things, and they're really awesome humans. They're like they're like superhumans, in my opinion. And so I had to I had to relook at these. I had to like throw away all all the old ideas I had. Like all my friends growing up how they were just kind of like in a way stupid potheads and so was I I had to throw all that away all those ideas away about it because those people just kind of stained stained the the name of psychedelics for me and I didn't for myself too and after after listening to the podcast it just changed the way I thought about it all and uh and so I started trying to find like mushrooms and all that stuff and like get into it and start experimenting with it I couldn't find any really good people that could sell it because it was being sold along with uh you know pills and all these other shitty drugs and the people i was buying them from was there were people that wouldn't even do them themselves because they were scared of them they were scared mm-hmm. of facing their fears they were all the other drugs they were selling were drugs that were used to escape from life and uh but i slowly got into it. i slowly found connects I, I eventually went down to peru and tried ayahuasca and every, every all my experiences were just so incredible that i was like Man, I just there's like so much opportunity to work with these because there's such a bad stigma around them. They're hard to get, and uh, so I just felt like it was a good place for me to, you know, push my life to because it's. It was, I feel like psychedelics can change the world if if they uh,
1: if they get around. Hmm. So what? Just as a quick like interjectory note, what is ayahuasca exactly? I know a lot of people have heard of of shrooms. And you can kind of conceptualize that, but what exactly is ayahuasca?
2: So, ayahuasca is. Ayahuasca was discovered by the indigenous people of the Amazon jungle, like the tribal people out there. And it's just a vine. The ayahuasca vine is just like a vine that grows around trees. But what's crazy about ayahuasca is it doesn't really do a ton unless you combine it with this other plant so you take this ayahuasca vine and then you mix it with this leaf called tracuna and the tracuna leaf has uh su- the psychoactive substance dmt dimethyltryptamine in it and uh if you eat the tracuna leaf with dmt in it if you by itself it doesn't even work it doesn't do anything at all because for some reason the DMT, uh goes unactive in your stomach but when you combine this this tracuna leaf as dmt in it with the ayahuasca vine it makes it so the ayahuasca vine makes it so the dmt will activate in your stomach and if anybody's heard of dmt before it's uh it's it's a substance that's created in our bodies we don't even know exactly where it is some people thought it was created in the lungs but apparently that's not true i think it might be i think there's been discovery of it being created somewhere in your head now but DMT is a really powerful uh, substance that is it, it's it's in thousands of plants. DMT is it's in humans, it's in animals, it's in thousands of plants, and you can extract it from plants. And you can, if you can extract the DMT at, from plants, it's in like a powder form, and you can smoke it. And when you smoke it, you you blast off to some crazy dimension. <laughs> I don't even, I don't I don't try to make sense of what these things are. Like like when you when you blast off to another dimension, I don't. I don't really know the benefit of it. Sometimes afterwards you feel really good, and it makes you humble. Um, I don't really smoke DMT, but when you put it in an ayahuasca and you ingest it, it's a different experience. It's like anybody that understands the difference between smoking marijuana and eating it—they know there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Eating marijuana is a is a crazy psychedelic experience if you eat too much, yeah. and this it's, it's 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 almost the same idea with with uh, eating DMT whether. Whereas smoking it. So mm-hmm. when you do ayahuasca, you, ha- you have to combine these plants to make it work. Somehow they figure that out. Who knows how the people in the jungle figured out how to combine <laughs> these two things. But they cook them together down into like a soup. It's like a sludge. And then you drink it. And then you have like four or five hours of just how, how, having an insane experiences, man.
0: How much do you drink of it? Like, do you, do you have a whole serving? <laughs> is it a whole bowl or is it just a little swig?
2: Um. So they usually have like a shot glass. It's like it's like maybe like a double shot glass. Oh, Okay. And uh people usually drink about half of a shot glass like or a whole shot, I guess. Um it depends on how strong the brew is. On my last jungle retreat out to the Amazon, I I was drinking like two two shot glasses. It was a <laughs> oh, lot. <shit. laughs> but but the thing is I've I've done a lot of psychedelics and I feel comfortable drinking that, so it's Yeah, it's um, yeah,
0: dude. So I have I have a ton of questions just off of that freaking like introduction. Um, but take me back real take take me back real quick to when you said you were an unconscious child. Um, and then how psychedelics has kind of exposed I don't know if you would say exposed some of that or or giving you a different perspective. Like, yeah, uh, what what did you you up, man? Stay woke.
2: That's, I'm, I'm glad you're asking that question, man, because we should, I need to break that down myself and I'll try and do that right now. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, growing up, I think I just, all I really cared about growing up was just having fun. And I was really very, I was a very selfish kid. I was just really stupid. I didn't really think much. I just was driven by my passion to have fun or escape maybe from my problems. Mm. And for some reason, when I, I took, I did this mushroom trip once out at my friend's house and in idaho somewhere and uh i don't know why but the mushrooms they like they just they just like put a magnifying glass on everything going on that i was trying to escape from my whole life they just made me aware that i was a fucking asshole i was like (laughs) i i didn't really like myself growing up and they just made me like aware of i i guess why i didn't like myself i was just a mean kid And those things just helped me become aware of that. And like, I was like crying on the experience. I didn't even realize I was crying. I just thought I was sick. It was, it was, that's how unaware I I was of it. Like I was just hanging out with my friends and there was snot coming out of my nose and there was tears coming down my face. And I thought I was just sick because I just felt like my face was stuffy and I had some sort of, you know, people say you get sick on mushrooms. They say it's like a food poisoning, which I don't know how to feel about that exactly. But. But that's yeah. what I thought was going on. and I. But it, I was really just having an emotional kind of experience, man. And afterwards, I didn't even realize it because, I, again, I didn't realize what mushrooms were capable of. And um, I think I just became more conscious after that, man. I just started working on myself. I just realized I didn't like myself, so I started going to the gym. And uh, I just over the next year after doing that, I, I just com- completely changed the way I live my life. So. Wow. If that if that if that kind of answers that question, yeah, because like I, I think that's what.
0: Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, I think that's what mushrooms and all psychedelics do. They, they, they're like a magnifying glass, and they it, uh, for your brain, and they go inside of you, and they 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 find things that are you've hidden, and then you have to look at them, and they they also somehow like make you see them from just a tiny bit different perspective. And I think that reason might be because they. They, um, they make you just feel a little differently, like a way you've never felt before, just like your body just is buzzing. It just feels a little different. And so when your body feels a little different, I guess you just see everything in your mind just a little differently. So it's like you're on a you guys are way more experienced with football. I don't know shit about it, but I like to use this analogy. It's like you're on a football field and you're playing a game against life. And when you take psychedelics, you get to be another person on your team that's on the other side of you. And they get to see every, every, they get to see the field a little differently. Mm. you get, you just got to go over there for a second and just see how they're seeing the field, and then you come back, and then you can make different decisions because you saw the field from a different perspective, just for a little bit. yeah, and uh, the more the more you do psychedelics, the more you see from different positions. Um, and as the game changes, you get that's I why I do psychedelics all the time because the game is always changing, so I can go and see myself from a different position constantly and i can just make better decisions based off of it
0: yeah man that's that's yeah that's that's a profound analogy if i'm following you correctly um yeah that's crazy dude so i guess my biggest curiosity i mean the biggest thing that stuck out to me from what you just said is is how unaware you were or like the the lack of thought or thinking that you uh did as a younger kid when you were like um, I don't know, not aware of being an asshole kind of thing, you know, like, yeah, that's, that's one of the things, um, that I've kind of come to grow to in my maturity. And honestly, I think, uh, smoking weed is, it sound there's some things that you're saying that, uh, sounds like the effects of smoking weed, maybe on a very like small level, uh, not yeah. as intense, um, but like i've noticed like whenever i smoke dude i do get extremely thoughtful about things or or i think about things that i i tend to brush aside right and so this just yeah, sound this awesome. just this just sounds like that times a million right
2: yeah dude it's kind of <laughs> the same thing i always I, I i have struggled with marijuana in the past cuz you know a lot of people use marijuana to escape but mm-hmm. it also has the benefits that you're talking about man and i've noticed that i noticed if i you know, some people use it to, as a medication, you know, they just smoke all day long and they use it to kind of cover up infected wounds, you know, that I feel like, I feel like that's the negative side of it, in my opinion, is it can be used inappropriately if you are using it to cover things up that need to be fixed in a different way. But I I also use marijuana to like, think deeply in it. It helps a lot, man. Like I'll I'll have, I'll smoke a lot of marijuana and then I'll do some yoga and then I'll meditate and I'll, my thoughts will just, I'll just get so creative with my thoughts, man. And I find it so powerful for that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, dude.
0: And it sounds like, go ahead. Sorry. Uh,
2: well I've noticed, I've noticed lately that smoking marijuana while doing psychedelics really like they really compound on each other about with helping me think way deeper. So I'm probably going to start
0: smoking more while I do psychedelics, um, just because of that. Yeah, man. I, I, dude, it's so freaking fascinating to me. And I think this is part of the reason. Like Steve and I have talked about doing um something type, like some type of psychedelic, mostly shrooms, uh, for a while yeah. now. And the reason I remember having this conversation with him, there's a uh this dude, Jordan Peterson, he's a psychologist, uh, that I listen to a lot. I read his books and stuff
2: i've listened to him a lot too man <laughs>
1: uh dope dope sam's, do you... sam's probably listened to him more than you man <laughs> no I way
2: know, i've listened, I, I love him yeah i mean i listen to joe rogan a lot man like the yeah. people who come on his podcast have changed the way i've thought about life and jordan yeah. peterson's definitely a, a
0: incredible thinker he is man he is and it, you know what fascinated me about him is exactly that that He's so thoughtful about things and I guess like I never realized how little I think about things and it sounds kind of ridiculous but I mean I think you know what I'm saying like you I know you're saying you you can go through life without really considering where you're at where you're going what you're doing how you're feeling like unless you do those like very conscious check-ins with yourself like I I know people that, like, I ask myself, man, like, do they ask themselves anything about their existence or how, you know, they're going about their business or what they want or, you know, stuff like that, dude. And it's it sounds yeah. like I think what's so attractive, like you said, is that it's almost like these psychedelics seem to, uh, like, take the blinders off and, and force you to confront yeah. issues and problems. And so yeah,
2: it's. Uh... Go ahead. Well, sorry to cut you off. It's like no. um I was talking about with my buddy cuz I I want everybody to do psychedelics mm-hmm. and that's probably not it's probably not a good idea for everybody to do psychedelics. <laughs> right. But I think if everybody gets to the right place, they can do them and uh I like what Jordan Peterson talks he talks about how people don't think appropriately. Like he says real thinking is when you take a question and then you argue it from both sides in your mind. Like you have a question or you you have a way of thinking and then you have to have another voice in your head. That's like, is there another way? And then you, you like have two voices in your head that like break that down. And Mm. it's, it's hard to do that. Have you heard him talk about that?
0: Yeah, dude, I have. It's crazy. It, it, It is hard. It's extremely hard to do that.
2: Yeah. But, but I've noticed a huge benefit from doing psychedelics, especially LSD well, all three of them, man: LSD, mushrooms, and ayahuasca, because those are the ones I'm most experienced with, and I think the only other one's really masculine. But um, they uh, they help you become the thinker that thinks on both sides. Like they, it may it. I've had ayahuasca experiences where three hours, I just, I just spend. I don't, I'm not even having a crazy trip or anything. I, but I'm I'm spending the whole three hours just lost in thought about where. I play myself as a victim. That's that was one trip. I spent the whole time seeing where I played myself as a victim, and a lot of the time, I, I unconsciously play myself as a victim. And Jordan Peterson talks about it a lot. He's like, the opposite of victim is responsibility. And so, where you, when you, when you are a victim somewhere, when you, when you place yourself as a victim you lose responsibility and and it's basically the same thing as losing freedom over your life. Mm. But when you, when you can be aware that you're playing a victim and understand that if you take responsibility for that, then you're in control of your life in to some sense that, that in turn creates meaning in your life and makes you life feel more important and in turn makes you feel better. And and so you go about life in a different, with the different perspective. And so I spent like three hours on ayahuasca just going through, everywhere that i played a victim and there was a lot of places i didn't even realize i was playing myself as a victim and then i like i like took responsibility for those at least in that moment i probably forgot a lot of it afterwards but but it was a profound experience for me and uh, and psychedelics do that a lot they just help you think really deep and you can do this stuff without psychedelics to you know a lot of degrees it just can take longer and it can be harder you i mean there's not a lot of people that are like jordan peterson Right. No. I <laughs> well, think that motherfucker he's I, worked at it.
0: And I think he did some psychedelics yeah. once or twice, bro. Honestly. <laughs> he, <laughs> is, does.
2: he did say that. He did say he's he's done mushrooms
0: yeah. well, at least once. You know, and, and the thing <laughs> is the thing is that he's like he cautions people about doing it, which I think is responsible because I, I like you said, I don't yeah, think I that. Yeah, I don't think they uh I don't think they are for everybody because not everybody's ready for that shit. Um but if you are already yeah trying to go down this road of like self-development or like just self-discovery, I guess. And and like you said, I mean, uh, discovering that voice inside you, that one that you can bounce ideas off of and learn how to think deeper, like yeah. uh, that's why it's so attractive to me. But one of the things he did say, dude, that like uh, this, is, I told Steve this when we were debating whether we should do it or not. He was like, I will yeah. caution you. Be careful of wisdom that you didn't earn. And I'm just, I'm just like, Ooh, (laughs) (laughs) shit. So, what
2: what do you, what do you make of that? I'm not sure what to make of that. I feel like I've thought through before, but yeah, you
0: know, I think, um, I I think I get it. How do you earn it? Well, we'll see. see, And this is what I think is that like, uh, exactly what I said about wanting or taking that path of self-discovery and wanting to know the truth. Right. Like, and and the difference would yeah. be the difference would be somebody just like fucking around and being like dude let's do let's do mushrooms and see what the trip is you know what i mean it's like, <laughs> yeah, you, you know what i mean sense. i think that's that's the kind of work or at least the thought process that goes behind earning wisdom is that like there's a reverence there there's a sense of respect for what's about to happen yeah there's, you know yeah. what i mean would you agree with that
2: yeah that makes sense it's the kind i think it's kind of the same thing i was talking about earlier like when people are they they spend their life trying to escape from problems and they they spend their whole life building layers around these these wounds that they are trying to protect and their whole life is just built around not touching these wounds mm-hmm. and then and they drink let's say they drink alcohol all the time and they do all these other things that help them escape from having to fill and deal with these things and then all of a sudden they take psychedelics because they think it's the same kind of thing it's just going to get them high and they're going to get a be out of themselves and experience something else. And then they take mushrooms and then this magnifying glass just gets slammed on this infected wound Mm -hmm. and they're not, they're not ready for it. And maybe that's the unearned wisdom. They gain the wisdom of being aware of their problems, Mm -hmm. but that's not what they wanted. And they're resisting it because that's, that's, that's what a bad trip is, I think. And I don't really believe necessarily in bad trips. I think bad trips are just lessons. It's a lesson that you need to learn how to let go better. Whenever mm-hmm. I have a really dark trip, which I've had a lot, um, my lesson was I just need to become more aware of the experience and not and let go. It's it's like being on a it's like being on a roller coaster ride and you're at the top of the roller coaster or you're at the top of the ride and you're about to be, go down this drop off. Mm-hmm. And you can either freak freak the fuck out and try and get out of the roller coaster ride on the top of the ride Mm. Or you can put your hands up in the air and say, Fuck it, bring it on, and mm. just let go. And the roller coaster ride could be one of the most badass experiences of your life if you do that. But if you try and get out, try to pull the bars up, and you, then you drop down this ride, that's a terrible experience. <laughs> you're <laughs> and, fucked. <I> <laughs> and it, either way, you have to stay on the ride. Either way, you're not getting off that ride. I mean, you're stuck on it. And that's what psychedelics are like. And if you can just remember that analogy, it's like, all I need to do is just let go, put my hands up in the air, even if it's the most intense thing ever. And as, as long as you're aware that that's what you need to do, you c- you might change your experience to one of the most beautiful experiences of your life. And I've had that a couple of times. And there's been a couple of times where I forget. And that those are the dark ones. I just forget that I need to let go. And they're dark experiences. And after the experience, I think about it. Like, oh, I just needed to let go. And so the next time I had a dark experience with psychedelics, I remembered that because I've, I've experienced it once before. And, it's you know, it's, it's like a practice, you know. You ex- experiencing mm-hmm. something brand new can be, be very unknown and hard. But now it's known to some degree, you know, the, at least the feelings known. And so when I go back and have that hard trip again, I'm aware of it more because I've experienced it once before and I know what I need to do. And so I just put my hands up in the air and, and I say, fuck it and let go. Mm-hmm. and then i have one of the most beautiful experiences ever on it because those mm-hmm. can be the best experiences if you have the right mindset hmm. and uh i'm not sure how we got down that road i just kind of ended up down there <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs> i think it's a good thing. thing for people what was the good... wisdom thing i think is where we kind of got started on that right but, oh yeah yeah and
2: I, I think i think that understanding that is really important for going into psychedelics I think any, you can do as much psychedelics as you want or you can take any amount of dose you want as long as you can remember that in the experience because you can't die from doing psychedelics you can't die from doing mushroom too much mushrooms or too much ayahuasca or too much LSD you can take as much as you want but the problem is is if it's so intense that you lose yourself in it that's when it can be a dark experience but if it's but if you become used to that intensity or become aware of it
3: mm-hmm.
2: and just understand you just need to breathe and let go it, it, you can handle any experience and and i think it, i think it strengthens your mind because the more you do it the more you have these intense experiences the better you get at under at, at just flowing through them and then you can let go and i think it transfers over into real life you i feel like it strengthens your mind somehow
0: dude this shit sounds like just eating a fucking strong ass edible because i think a lot more people (laughs) have been there dude i i mean i can a lot of this yeah dude and and it's the same thing right i mean i don't know if it's the same thing but i'm sure it's much different but as far as like knowing how to let go because usually what happens when you eat a fat ass edible is like you get super paranoid you're just like all up in your head you know what i mean and this this thing is going on and it feels like you don't have control over it and, um, yeah. you know, I went to university of Oregon, so I've had some, uh, experience with some edibles, let's just say, but like, yeah, yeah, dude, it's, uh, it seems similar. And like when you learn, okay, this is what's just happening. And I'm more of a passenger, uh, in this whole roller coaster than, than I'm not driving the bus kind of thing anymore. And so it does. So, yeah. I, you know, is that, does that sound along the same lines?
2: Yeah, you make a good point, man. I I've had some really intense edible experiences, man, just not knowing my doses and they were really hard. And it's <laughs> it's the same kind of thing, man. And that's a good point. I think if you've taken a lot of edibles and you've learned how to manage that, you might do really well with psychedelics because that's a re- taking an uh, overdose of edibles, you know, it's I almost consider some some of my experiences on edibles an overdose. It, yeah, those are hard experiences, man. I've been driving to the gym after I took edibles, and then I turn around. I'm like, not today, man. And that, <laughs> and, I, and that's yeah. not that, I think that's a fail. I think it's a failure on my part because I notice whenever I take too many edibles, and then I decide to face my fear, mm-hmm. it becomes a really awesome experience. And the same kind of thing with psychedelics. You know, you you face the fear, you let go, and just embrace it. Um, it becomes a really amazing experience. It doesn't feel good to like feel like you lost. No, I
0: know what you're I know what you're talking about though, dude I know what you're talking about but, so go ahead go ahead yeah
2: well yeah I mean I again I just think edibles they are a great analogy if you've taken a lot they're they're a psychedelic experience of their own it's they're not I don't think they're technically in the same category as the psychedelics and they're definitely mm-hmm. different but they definitely make you feel I mean, if you listen to Joe Rogan, you probably, if you listen to him a lot, you probably heard it. He talks about how they make you feel the anxiety. And it's probably anxiety you already feel about life that just intensifies it. It's like, again, it's a magnifying glass on it. And yeah. if you can, if you can learn how to navigate through that realm, you're going to be, it's going to be way easier for you when you're not on them because you are better at handling that intensive anxiety when you are on them. And maybe, I don't know if anxiety is a good word for it, but I think it's something along those lines.
0: Yeah, like uh, that's that stress, that that negative energy that you're carrying around. That's what I feel like
1: it amplifies. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it. Yeah. Well, Sam, let me uh, I have a question for you and I'll I'll kinda tell it or ask it by talking about why I've been reserved in taking psychedelics for a while and I, I think that you and I have talked about it, but Perfect. Um one of the things was, you know, you said you can face your fears so immediately or whatever is inside of you and, and grapple with it um, in a, like an accelerated fashion. Yeah, but I'm not that way. I'm a methodical, slow, don't make mistakes, make everything calculated, um, Mm. earn it myself because I feel like I really enjoy life the way it is. And in my mind it was as if I took something that enhanced my perception of reality then, after I came back, I would have a skewed perception of it. And so it's kind of like a, thinking about it, like a high on a drug is, is what I was afraid of drugs, alcohol and even psychedelics yeah. for. And um, so I, I'd been really hesitant until realizing that kind of your analogy where I think that so much of my conditioning, you know, because you and I were both raised in the Mormon Church. And in a small, you know, Idaho community, and you may think that you're arguing things from both sides, but your conditioning might, might keep you really biased. And so to see that psychedelics might take, you know, and, and give you that new perspective is what even made me think about opening up to it. Yeah. But it's that gap between like, do I need to earn this more? And, and so that's, I guess, like, how do you know when you're ready to take it and, Maybe you can an- you know speak on some of the other parts about me thinking it's too accelerated or skews your perception of reality that's a
2: that's a good question man um how to know when you're ready for it i don't know i mean it's 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 scary because it's the unknown you know if you've never tried it you know the unknown's always scary mm-hmm. but if you're i think if i think anybody that's that's going in with the, with the right mindset and all your mindset has to be is I want to, I want to improve myself. I want to heal or I want to grow. Maybe those mean the same things, but if you just have that mindset, I think you're ready for them. It's like, if you're a person that wants to improve yourself, you want to learn, you want to have a different perspective. Um, I think that's, that's the key. Like that's, that's when you can earn that's, that's wisdom that you can earn. You know, I mean, I think, uh, Unearned wisdom is somebody that doesn't want that gets wisdom that they don't really want. I think. Well I don't know. Unearned wisdom that's a it's a tough that's, that's a tough mean, concept think, to think, grapple with. I think and, that's kind of what it means, right? It's like no, it's really, dude, you know what? I've never heard like it. That.
0: Yeah, I've never heard it put that the way you're putting it, but uh, like obviously. I'm just kind of waking it right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, that and the, see, this is what good conversation is, man. Is we're 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 working through things. We're not the authorities on this shit, but like we're having this conversation, and and like the whole unearned wisdom thing, it just seems the more the more you keep saying it, it's like you're not. It's wisdom that you don't want. It's wisdom that you're not ready for, or at least you're not open enough to admit uh, that you may not know this about yourself, you know? And I think that's a good
2: point. It's something you can't accept. Yeah, exactly. You're
0: ready to accept yet.
1: Right. Right. Which I I like your point on it because I was going to argue against some of the stuff you guys were saying earlier and bring a different point because, you know, wisdom is the proper application of knowledge. And, but it was when you finally said, you know, if someone takes it, but they're not ready to deal with it or they're trying to avoid these things. And then it slammed down on them, but they don't, you know, they have no intention of trying to learn from that or get better or, um, grow then. I I mean, that's when I started being like, you know, I think that might be closer to how I understand or I'm trying to understand. It just felt right. Dude. And yeah, I, I sorry i was just gonna say ignorance Go ignorance ahead. is bliss
0: means a whole lot more when you think about it through that lens right like
2: oh, yeah, that's a tough one isn't
0: it ignorance dude bliss. it's it is well yeah and it's like it is it, it, it like you're not it, it's bliss but it's also for me it's complacency too you know what i mean because what, what happened
2: what does complacency mean
0: I think it's just like you, it, it's kind of that willful blindness that George Peterson talks about. It's, mm. it's, uh, you know, going through your life, like status quo, not really challenging being anything content with where you're at. Yeah. Content. Yeah. Uh, just being content. Um,
2: yeah, that's, that. that's a tough one, man. I, I think I've thought about that a lot. Cause you know, I have people in my life that are still very religious and, mm-hmm. uh, and so it, to some degree that keeps them away from having these experiences that I think are very beneficial and important for people to have. And, uh, it's a tough one because some of those people are very satisfied with their life and they don't want to change. And they talk to me about it. Like, why would I want to change my life is great. Mm. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a tough one to agree, but I think, I think in the long run, it's important because, I mean, if global warming's real, if, if there really is, you know, a lot of uh, little problems that will eventually become really big in the future. I think that's where the problem with complacency is, is it, it's you're you're unaware of things and you're just there's more of a chance there's going to be disaster in your life down the road that you're not going to know how to handle. And the people that that are learning how to handle it, they're going to have to deal with your bullshit Mm. When when catastrophe comes and I think I think doing psychedelics, they help you prepare for that, I, you know, because they help you face your demons. They help you. They help you to be able to navigate the realm of, let's say, chaos in a sense. And so when catastrophe comes to your life, like and Jordan Peterson talks about all the time, you know, it's like that's what we're that's what is important that you prepare for because people are going to die in your life. Terrible things are going to happen. It's just it's just inevitable, if that's the right word. For, it's going to happen to all of us, you know, and I think if you if you are living your life in ignorant ignorance is bliss kind of thing and living the easy life and not knowing things hmm. sure it's great right now but down the future something bad will happen and uh i don't we nobody knows if you're going to be able to handle it and if you're not we're gonna have to deal with your bullshit yeah and that's, <laughs> and, that's <laughs> and that's that's why i think it's important that you know we slowly get everybody on the train and you don't you know you don't have to probably do psychedelics to reach the same state. I've heard of people reaching this state without psychedelics, but I think you kind of have to be the monk that goes and hides in a cave for half your life to do that. And, well, and yeah, psychedelics.
0: Yeah. No, sorry, go ahead.
2: Well, psychedelics just uh, it's like a shortcut. And uh, the thing is, you know, Jordan Peterson talks about how be wary of them because they're very unknown. We don't know shit about them. And it's true, man. We don't know a lot about them. Like you do them and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, it's like there doesn't seem to be any negative benefit, any negative side effects from them. Like you. I take a lot of mushrooms all the time, man. I take a lot of LSD all the time. I drink ayahuasca all the time. And I think (laughs) I just I just what I what I've gained from it. I don't feel stupider. I don't feel weaker. I exercise twice. Sometimes almost every day i you know I, I still eat great i i think deeper than i've ever thought in my life you know it's like i don't see where the negative side effects are from them mm. and i'm my mind's open i think i mean i'm, I'm always a little biased you know I've, I've really dedicated myself to these things but i realize i'm a little biased towards it yeah but I, I i just don't see the negative things from doing them um i i you don't get addicted to them it's like i could never do i don't Crave to do them because they're not really easy experiences half the time, right? But that, but I do them because they make me feel better. They make me feel like a better person afterwards, and so I like to do them a lot because I can keep seeing life from a different perspective and seeing how to do things a little better and maybe figuring out how to think a little deeper and solve problems, you know. And so I, yeah, I keep doing them.
0: (laughs) You, You see, like one thing that I can see for sure is that, like, with this whole ignorance is bliss thing, like it. Going back to that, um, like you said, we're eventually going to have to put up with somebody's bullshit that's being complacent about something. And I think the problem yeah. there is that not enough people have a, uh, perspective on life that isn't just about themselves, right? Because it's, it's hard to be complacent when yeah. you think you're living your life for somebody else. And and something that I could, I could, um, use as an analogy for is like when you have a kid and and you realize that your actions affect somebody else dramatically and this is something steve and i talked about yesterday is that like Mm -hmm. man it it pushes me to want to be better and do more and like um i think people who are complacent and who are about like uh, you know ignorance is bliss and 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 they might say like my my life is amazing why would i want to change it and it's like Well, how far how far outside of yourself are you thinking, though? Like, do you because one of the biggest things that I think is a problem with just our society and like the younger generations coming up is that the the sight of the future or like making the future better for other people that are coming after you is something that yeah, we no. really have lost and it's really more about what can what's good for me now, what can I get into now? How can I make my money now? You know what I mean?
2: I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. And, um Well, I, I think I think ultimately we're all selfish, but there's an intelligent way to be selfish, you know. Like yeah. we ha you have children, you know, uh you're gonna who knows how old we're gonna live nowadays if if everything's true about being you know what health is and we follow that you know who who knows how old we'll live and uh yeah all that uh yeah it just affects you down the road and being aware of that yeah, makes dude. a huge difference
1: well I, I don't think that people i think the problem is most people aren't going to say yeah i'm totally ignorant and i am blissful about it right they don't see themselves like that and that's the problem but if they're yeah. like you said they're really religious friends they're thinking they're the ones that are kind of like taking the high road and you guys are going off on these dangerous you know I guess uh, risky adventures through your stuff (laughs) and you're going to be misled from this stuff so you think that it's it's, you know, enlightenment, but really it's just the devil's leading you down the wrong path. And so <laughs> yeah. that's the thing, right? Like you, you're you not going to have someone be like, I am totally ignorant and I am happy where I'm at. I am not going to Like Right. They, they, like, they think they know changing. better. We are growing. Yeah. We're doing it the right way, the hard way, though. You guys are trying to skip steps, but you're playing with fire and you're going to get burned. It's inevitable. So yeah. that's I mean, you don't you don't meet anyone who consciously believes that they're an ignorant person i've never met someone who's consciously thought i'm ignorant but this is where i want to stay
2: yeah Yeah, it's it's funny because it seems like the more you learn the more you realize how ignorant you are and my friend made a good point the other day he says learning is unlearning because like you, you eventually just learn until you can't understand a thing anymore and then it's like
1: it's just a (laughs) paradox i don't know shit (laughs) i don't know shit yeah
2: Yeah, like all all my super smart that i consider super intelligent friends they're like they just don't know they just talk how ignorant they are they all all the time they're just like man i don't feel like i know shit and i feel like the more i learn i just know less because there's so much there's so much to know or yeah no yeah we'll see man so i'm excited
1: Okay, but uh, I wanted to bring us back through this story. I mean, you guys yep. know who Socrates is, right? So- uh, Socrates, bit. yes, yeah, Socrates, the old, uh, Socrates. The, the the Greek philosopher, Socrates. <laughs> right. So he's the one where they were just convinced. They were like, dude, Socrates is the smartest man alive? He's the most wise person alive." Uh-oh. And uh, he said, "I'm going to prove that's not true." because he didn't think it. So he went around and he hmm. started and, you know, he was inquisitive and he, he, that's the Socratic method. He goes and he kind of, well, that's not what it is, but he would just go ask people questions and try to find out and look for the smartest person. And the more he talked to him, the more he realized that he's like, dude, uh, I might be the smartest person. And at the <laughs> end of this, this conclusion was, he said, one thing I know that I know nothing. So one thing I know is that I know nothing. This is the source of the source of my wisdom. I'm gonna read that uh, again because I butchered the hell out of it. One thing I sense. know is that I know nothing. This is the source of my wisdom, and I think it it just goes along with what you're saying about your friends and the kind of the smartest ones are the ones that realize they don't know anything. That's but, a powerful point, man. Yeah, I mean, uh,
2: well. That, I think that's the problem with, with a lot of uh, religions and things like that is anything that is absolute means that's the end of learning for you. You can't learn past that if there's nothing else after. If it's absolute, you know, you can't learn past it. And so you just got to be aware of all the things that are absolute in your life like that's it because you can't learn past those things. And And if you believe in infinite infinity, then that doesn't make any sense because nothing ever ends.
1: Mm -hmm. and uh it's it's totally an oxymoron right That they say yeah we've we've got it but it's gonna keep going and we're gonna keep growing forever but like we've got it we know we know the formula we'll just eventually get there but we're not gonna do shit now yeah (laughs) you know like we and i the more i've thought about it and why that was so attractive to me for so long is just the security that you get from it we're raised it's black and white and so it's hard to want to accept that there's other colors because then you're like, I mean, shit, like you just want to accept one or the other. And it, you got to grapple with things. If not, otherwise you can just kind of remain ignorant about your ignorance.
2: It is a tough one, man. I mean, you know, somebody that's been ingrained in something for, you know, let's say 60, 70 years and they've built their foundation on this thing. And then to have it, be broken down and then having to rebuild it again that's that's really i can only imagine how hard that it is and that brings it around to why i think psychedelics are more important for older people to do because older people their their mental programs are so so hard and foundational in their lives and a lot of them probably don't serve them because they grew up in a, a shitty time man <laughs> In my be <opinion>. yeah <laughs> like we 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 are humans come from a fucked up you know they have a fucked up history man and uh you know our parents and our grandparents they come from dark times and they have i think they have dark ways of you know not beneficial ways of seeing the world right now and and some of those people still run our country you know a lot of older people still run it and they they think completely different from the the younger generation a lot of them don't they're not humble people that are open to new ideas because they, they feel like they've had they have a foundation that's so strong. And I think psychedelics yeah. are more important for them because they can sh- make you see your life from a different perspective, and it changes the shape of that starts changing the shape of that foundation automatically.
0: These psychedelics, like you're saying, like if they could be used to open people's minds up and to help us be. I don't know, dude, better versions of ourselves. Like, how do we Yeah. how do we facilitate that? And and so I guess leading with that being said, leading into what you do for a living, like I know you at the beginning we said, you know, you're currently unemployed, but is this like is this what you're committing your life to kind of thing or is this just what you're doing right now? Or
1: unemployed are, is the wrong. I mean, you know, like I don't want really to <laughs> sound like he's a bum cuz he's doing <laughs> stuff. So I did, I just yeah. meant You know, well, you're currently not working for
0: the man is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a better way of putting it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, man, I had a I definitely at the moment I'm dedicating my life to these things because it seems to be the the most beneficial right thing to do. It feels like I had a last winter, especially I had a mushroom experience. I hiked up to this hot springs, Diamond Fork Hot Springs. Mm-hmm. And there's this waterfall that you can fit one person. In. It's just like a little waterfall that, and, and there's, it's like a little crevice and like water falls in from all sides and you sit in it and the water just is being the pressure from the waterfall is just covering your whole body. So it's mm. like the opposite of it's like the opposite of a float tank, which is kind of cool to think about. It's like a float tanks where you lose all senses and with the waterfall, which it's a warm waterfall. Cause it's a hot springs waterfall for some reason. Mm-hmm. It like, It keeps you at a good warm temperature, but it like since it's water's going all over your entire body, it's like it's an overload of senses. So it's almost the same thing as a float tank where you lose yourself in an overload of senses. Mm. And so I took these mushrooms and sat in this waterfall, and for 15 minutes I just had this profound experience. I was like, man, these things are so incredible. I need to dedicate my life to these things. And I don't know what I was, what happened, but like for 15 minutes I just thought about this and i felt so much emotion and i felt so much importance behind working with these things and spreading the love with them and then i come out and i'm with two two friends and they are they're like dude you were in there for an hour and a half and i I come out and i can i can barely move because the 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 waterfall the waterfall was like smashing my body down the whole time and i come out i'm like it's hard to move and i wondered why but yeah they told me that i was like you're in there for an hour and a half man i was like oh damn that was a profound experience, and I just have little experiences like that. Yeah, you know, all the time. When I take psychedelics, I'm like, man, this stuff. I think this stuff's really important, mm-hmm. and uh, there's there's opportunity to spread it because it's still it's still very um, it's still still very looked down upon by a lot of people, especially around here in you know right. Utah and Idaho. And I think what's going to change that is having people be really good examples that do that stuff. You know, you look at Joe Rogan's like those people are, are smart, deep thinkers. They look good. Um, you know, physically
0: they're doing and, things. Uh, yeah. They're
2: doing things. They're successful and they do psychedelics, man. And I think, you know, the Joe Rogan podcast is changing the, a lot of people in the world faster than anything. And <laughs> I think, I think we could all do our part by doing the same kind of thing, just being a good example and, and, uh, you know, living, uh, whatever health means to you but living a healthy life as much as possible and 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 applying these psychedelics in there i think can assist in that and so as long as you can be a good example and also do these things Mm
3: -hmm. i think
2: that's that's just doing that alone is going to help you know make people think differently about it
0: yeah so do you take people
2: on tell tell them yeah
1: tell them what else you do
2: um, so you mean about the Amazon jungle?
1: Yeah. Like, cause you know, you say like being a good example, but you're doing a lot more than just being, you know, you're facilitating some stuff. You're, you know, guiding people through things, you know, bringing yeah. them experiences like this.
2: So, so I helped them. So I went down to a, a the Amazon jungle a couple years ago to a retreat called Gaia tree. And I met, the I met the guy that owns the lodge that the Gaia tree retreat rents from and his name is Victor Escobar. And he's just this badass uh brazilian dude that moved out to Aquitos, peru and and he he just is completely in love with the jungle he knows everything about it he knows all about the different plants and animals all the different benefits of the plants how they can heal you which ones you can eat which ones kill you and he just understands which animals can kill you and all that stuff and he'll catch them all he'll catch poisonous snakes that will kill you in 10 hours and and he's just a crazy dude and he's super connected with like all the different shamans down there. There's lots of different shamans down in Akira's Peru out in the Amazon jungle. And, and so, and he also works with this other, uh, um, crazy thing called Cambo, which I'll get into in a little bit. Um, but I got connected with this guy and he was like, dude, we should do a custom retreat, man. Like we can set it up however you want and we'll use my center and you just got to bring people out. And so that's kind of what I do. I just i'm more I, I just experience the retreat as a guest for the most part because I just want to go out there as a guest, but i I recruit people to come out and i kind of pro, i promote for it on my Instagram and mm. I talk people you know I talk people through I kind of facilitate until the retreat starts, and so I help bring people out there and and then we go out there and we have this experience with victor and and his uh facilitators and his shamans and it's really powerful man you're,
0: uh, you're a psychedelic guide, bro.
2: Pretty much, yeah. That's things awesome. Like That's, That's way awesome, it. dude. That's the way things so, are going.
0: And so, are you working your way to shaman? <laughs> are you working your way to shaman right now?
2: Shaman's an interesting thing, man. I don't really i I'm kind of going away from shamans, man. Slowly. Dude, I think shamans are good.
0: Tell me about this because I, okay, first, what exactly is a shaman for people who are listening? And then, and then explain. Like, I don't. You just said you're going away from it, but let's get into that what 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 exactly is the, are these shaman people shamans shaman guys
2: so i'm not i'm not very good at explaining what exactly a shaman is but i'll do my best a shaman at least in the amazon jungle is it's it's some my friend said all a shaman really means is someone who works with plants and that's not everybody sees that with the same definition but shaman's basically just a medicine man out in the amazon jungle he's like every every jungle village out in the amazon they have a shaman and he's like their medicine man. He's the one that, you know, is like the doctor in a sense that takes care of the people. Yeah. And um a lot of people give shamans a lot of power. And uh I just think we need to be wary of that. But I think shamans can also be very beneficial. It's it's awesome to have a ceremony. I think there's a lot of benefits to doing ceremonies and the shamans have like their own ceremonies and everyone's a little different. And uh the shaman we had on this last retreat was incredible. I think shamans are most they're I was, I've been trying to break it down so I might not be able to I'm still struggling with it but I think shamans they can be beneficial and they can also I think hold you back because I think a lot of reason why people do use shamans with ayahuasca is because they're scared and mm. I don't believe in I don't believe in doing things out of fear and mm. I, I've been thinking about that a lot lately is like do you go to a shaman because? you're scared of having a bad experience by yourself or do you go to a shaman just because you want to just have a, uh, like a, to see if you can gain something different from it, you know? And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that that aspect of it relates to fear. Maybe it, it could to some degree. Oh, that's what I've been struggling with is the opposite side of that. But so why do you go to a shaman and either way, you should go into a shaman for both reasons. Is great. Cause if you're scared, you know,
0: they might be really able to help scared, you out. Yeah.
2: Yeah, if you're really scared of having a bad experience, the shamans can definitely help guide you. But I think ultimately, the goal, if you don't dwell in fear, you're not going to put your energy into that fear. And that I think that's the negative thing about shamans is people go to shamans because they're scared to drink ayahuasca by themselves and maybe rightly so to some degrees. But I think in doing so, when you put your energy into fear, you or if you put your attention into your fear, you're putting energy into your fear. And so you're you're almost enhancing that. You're almost increasing your chances of having a hard experience because you're going in with fear and that's this that's that's the opposite of letting go. You're 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 attaching to fear. And the goal to always being able to manage psychedelics is just being able to let go. And if you're not afraid going in and then you have a really intense experience and you know that all I need to do is let go and and you didn't put all this energy into your fear in the process, it's a it's a lot easier not to have that super dark experience because there are people that have freaked out doing ayahuasca, and I think mm. those people, it's it's because of it's partly because of that problem. Yeah, I, I mean, I, there's definitely other aspects to it, but I think when you, like, some people that go out to retreats, they're just doing everything they can to build a defense around themselves. Like they go into the ceremony and they do all these rituals because they're building a defense. It's like th- this is I'm doing this to protect myself, and when you're thinking about protecting yourself, that's in some sense, a, you're just you're just dwelling in the fear even more because you're you're so scared of having a bad experience that yeah. you're like got to do everything you can to protect yourself. And so that's one thing I've been questioning with the shamans lately. But in general, shamans are awesome, man. I've I've gone to a lot of ceremonies with different shamans, and I think there's a lot to get from people and how the shamans do their their ceremonies and, and the, some of the people that come and sing and the shaman chants. There's a lot of benefits to all of that stuff, but. I think people should just ask themselves why. Why are they going to a shaman, and why do they think it's a bad idea to drink ayahuasca by yourself? Because that's something I've been getting into—is drinking it by myself. Mm. And sorry, I, I think I might be jumping things a little too much here. But this <laughs> no, is kind of where, I, where I, this is kind of where I've been at with it all lately. Because me and my friend, we've been uh, drinking ayahuasca by ourselves and working with that whole process. And there's a lot of people that think it's a really bad idea. And I've only drank ayahuasca about twenty times, so I am not as experienced as some of these people that have told me it's a bad idea that have drank it uh, like eighty to one hundred times. Mm. So I, I, I admit I could be ignorant, but I think that's, I think what I am saying makes sense. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I know for, people, I know other people that drink by themselves all the time. Yeah, but you are also so, ex- somewhat
0: experienced with it too, though. Like I think you know the whole thing with me and Steve yeah. is like I, I definitely want to be with somebody that I trust my first time like when i when we do shrooms or when i do shrooms is like i want to be somebody who i know yeah. got's my back you know
2: and that's not a bad idea that's a good point like when you're when you're starting off it's not a bad idea to have somebody watching over you because you really don't know how you'll act mm. you know when you've never experienced anything like this in your life before you know so it's not a
1: bad idea for sure um well i don't think that that's the fear right like if you're if you kind of set up some things realizing that there's potential for things to go adversely, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that you're afraid, right? So it's not like people have to think, what's the most dangerous way I can take shrooms or ayahuasca to prove that I'm not afraid and that I'm, you know, there's certain precautionary things that you have to do. um, Yeah. There's there's righteous, there's appropriate fears to have, right? Like you don't, we don't want to die. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. So I think, uh, that, that kind of leads in when I, one of the things also that made me leery, or I guess it felt me, it felt like I was less scared of them after hearing this actually was, I was listening to a podcast with Tim Ferriss and he said, people should choose their, if they're going to go on their first psychedelic experience, they should choose their guide or the person who's going to take them on that journey as carefully as they would choose a surgeon who's going to perform Mm -hmm. a surgery on them. Yeah. Oh, so uh, yeah and valid. i mean maybe you can speak on you you you. maybe you have a different viewpoint i, I pick, sam. You pick, <laughs> <you> pick <laughs> sam i pick let's sam let's do it brother let's do it <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no, dude. i
2: think that's a I think, I think that's a good point man like everybody's different and i think yeah some people can guide you better than others and especially having somebody that you're comfortable with you know it's a lot of the you know that you hear people talk about all the time it's really about the set and setting so it's your mindset and then the place that you're at but ultimately it's just your mindset and if you have a place that you're comfortable with it just sets your mindset in the right place and if you have somebody that you think is great and trust that just sets your mindset like you can do psychedelics anywhere man you can but if your mindset can handle it you know if you're if you can have being a good mindset you can be around fifty thousand people if you if your mind's strong enough to hone in on your experience and not worry about other people, you know? So it really just depends on that in a lot of senses. But but you are setting yourself up for failure more, more often than not if you're in a really hard place. But I, I think each one has its own benefits. It just depends what you're trying to do. Same thing with like the edibles, right? Like you are intensifying of the feeling of anxiety and if you can learn how to manage it, then you can take that back into the real, real world to some degree and it benefits you.
0: Yeah, dude, I think about um I think this is another Jordan Peterson thing, but I think about when he talks about like pushing the boundaries of your knowledge and it's like I was thinking about this last night like if you've ever played like Spider-Man on on PS4 or whatever like the map of the game is like it's what you know and then beyond that is dark right and as you explore and as you progress Mm. in the game the map grows and it grows and so the boundaries get pushed further out and so that's what i think about my experiences like that's the that's how i frame my experiences now whether it's psychedelic or not is like if i could put myself in positions that i've never been in before all I'm doing is expanding the boundaries of my knowledge or have conversations that I've never had before. It's the same thing. Right. And so that's why I think like what you do. That's a really good analogy. Yeah, dude. I, I Well, I appreciate that, but I, that's why I think what you do is like so awesome because people, people who are ready yeah. to expand, expand those boundaries, like they need somebody to make them feel comfortable enough to want to go do that. And I think that's part of how you get people. Yeah who are in a very, uh, stubborn mindset or very scared mindset to kind of, to kind of take that leap, you know? And so,
2: yeah, that's, that's a good point, man. Um, I like the analogy Jordan Peterson uses. I don't know if I might butcher a little bit, but he talks about the yin and yang and the yin and yang is the more I talk to people about, it's a very controversial idea, but he talks about how, you can't be too far on one side. You can't be too far in order, or too far in chaos, or it'll just swing you all the way over to the other one, like a pendulum. If you swing it, the pendulum up too high to one side, it'll swing you to the other side. So Mm. um, I think it applies to psychedelics and and the idea of your bubble getting bigger is you want to just, maybe, maybe that's a terrible analogy. Actually, I I, I know it relates to some degree. I let's go back to the Spider-Man one. I like the (laughs) Spider-Man.
0: Spider-Man's good.
2: I think, I think if you go too far out of your bubble at once, you can lose yourself in the chaos, in a sense, mm-hmm. and it can be really hard. But if you just if you just slowly put a foot out of the out of your little bubble, like every once in a while, then you come back into a comfortable place. Which, yeah, it relates to the order and chaos thing because you want you need to have order in your life, or your life becomes too chaotic. So you need to you need to like have one foot you need to like swing back and forth slowly between each one, between chaos and order and putting your foot outside of the bubble puts you in chaos a little bit. And
1: mm-hmm. if you're out
2: there for too long, it can really fuck you up to some degree. And then you slam back into order and, and, and living as a, a cave like sheltered life because you're, you went too far and got too burned. Mm. But if you can just put your foot out a little bit as often as possible, as often as you can handle, over time, your bubble just gets bigger and bigger and your comfort zone gets bigger and bigger, and you understand what you can handle better and better. And then that's when you can, you know, really understand and utilize psychedelics to their fullest. So I think I think the people that not everybody should do psychedelics, but I think if everybody keeps putting a foot outside of their bubble every once in a while, they're going to get to a place where they can handle them. And I think I think more than not, and I may be completely wrong here, but I think more most the average person can handle psychedelics in small doses. People are just scared of the unknown, which is understandable. But uh it feels really good to face the face the unknown and then become then it becomes known, you know, and that that's the same thing as putting your foot outside the bubble. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Do you uh do you microdose at all?
2: Yeah, I microdose all the time. Uh with uh with mushrooms. I'm usually. microdosing right now. <laughs> I, I, I might be if wake up.
0: Dude, so t- talk to me about that. Like what's that kind of experience? So it's uh, obviously it's a much lower dosage. Um, but the reason I ask is because I hear about a lot of these like younger professionals, younger CEOs who are uh there's like this subculture of like big business micro dosing. Um, whether it's in a creative space or in a business setting, but these these dudes are microdosing, yeah. uh, because they're claiming it gives them like different insight. Kinda of like that perspective uh analogy that you use with the football field. Yeah. Like uh t- yeah. walk me through your whole microdosing experience, why you do it and, and what it really does for you.
2: So, you know, I think with microdosing mushrooms, uh Paul Stamis, the mycologist, he uh he thinks that they're, they're, they enhance your brain. They help you, they help rewire your brain, or you know, do something like that that's beneficial for it. And so, I'll I'll microdose with psilocybin mushrooms, and I'll it, only take like 0. 0.25 grams, which is a small dose. Like a, a, a average dose for for tripping is like uh, three grams to seven grams. So 0.25 grams is pretty small. And sometimes I'll fill it just like a tiny little buzz from it. And Paul Stamets um, thinks that you should barely fill it all if even fill it. And uh, I'm not really sure where the best um, the best line is for everybody. You just have to experiment. It's still kind of an unknown thing, but I'll fill it just a tiny bit. and I've noticed it helps me just you know, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. You just see things just a little differently from a different perspective. And that kind of helps you get into like a flow state and it helps you be a little more creative. And sometimes it gives you a little more energy. And um, so you can just take those things out into your life and just help you, help give you a little boost in a sense. And, and it, and if Paul Stamets is right over time, you know, it, it, it to some degree could evolve your brain in a sense that maybe evolves the wrong word, but it can improve your brain to some degree. And, but honestly, what I like doing the most is I like taking LSD, uh, LSD what I like to do and then go throughout my day because else and LSD is a scary one to people because it's not straight from the ground, like mushrooms and ayahuasca are. But the thing with LSD is it's, it's just, again the same thing that doesn't seem to be any negative benefits to it. You, you see the guy, the guy that discovered LSD or invented it, Albert Hoffman, he took LSD a ton from what I, uh, what I was told until the day he died at like 101 or 104 or something. And he had a perfectly healthy brain when he died. He died of like a heart attack. He didn't take care of his body or something. Or, I mean, he was just old, you know. Knows he was good? 104, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was pretty old. But he had a perfectly healthy brain and he took LSD yeah. all the time. So, And that's that's only one example. You know, everybody's body is completely different. But I really haven't heard of the negative benefits of LSD, even though people are scared of it. And yeah, I was well, scared of it for a while, too.
0: Yeah, well for me I just it feel it sounds so it sounds like a hard ass drug like LSD. I don't know why there's that connotation. Dropping acid. Ask. Drop an acid, right? Is that what it, it is? That's what it is, isn't it?
2: Yeah. It's acid, man. Yeah, it's it's this it's that's a street name for it. And yeah, it, it, it that, that one has a way worse reputation for some reason because it it's a chemical and they call it acid and people says it melts your brain and stuff, but that's it's so much bullshit, man. You know what's really crazy about LSD is the guy that discovered DNA he was on LSD when he discovered DNA. Oh and shit! You know what's, <laughs> you know what's even crazier, is after that he dedicated his entire life to, uh, to understanding consciousness. Like that's what he dedicated his life to, the rest of his life to, and wow. he's just a, a guy that took LSD all the time. And a lot of, you know, our world could be the way it is today because of the people that took LSD. Steve Jobs attributes one of the, one of his most important beneficial experiences of his life to an LSD trip. The guy that invented, I don't know if it was like the keyboard and the mouse and a few other things, he he attributes LSD to changing the way he thought to, to to make new discoveries. Mm. And then the people people at Google, I don't know if this is true either, but a a friend of mine says that they basically just hand LSD out at Google for people to (laughs) help enhance themselves (laughs) with, you know, so so i'm sure they will never admit to that here comes the cart lady
0: grab your lsd guys
2: (laughs) yeah well i hear you know you hear people doing that in silicon valley too man they're just microdosing with the psychedelics all the time and who knows that one amount at what level you know i take i take a decent amount of lsd dude and i go throughout my day i'll go i'll run to the gym and i'll work out for an hour then i'll run home and then i'll go to jujitsu jujitsu for like two and a half hours and i'll just feel great i'll get in a flow state i'll concentrate i'll have Great mm-hmm. conversations with people. I really get into myself and just observe what's going on. And I feel great the next day. I'm sober the next day. I don't feel any side effects. I, you know, I can go weeks without I've, I haven't taken LSD in weeks because I've been out on the Amazon. Um, and I, I don't crave it, but I, you know, there's, I feel there's benefits to doing it. So I keep doing it.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's wild, dude. It's like, and, and somebody, I mean, there's da- there's bound It doesn't to be- make sense. It doesn't. It will,
1: It doesn't. Right? When you just hear it. You're like, nah, dude. He's a druggie in denial. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then, yeah, man. You just have. To, it is. It is very unknown. You know. That's what Jordan Peterson talks about. He's like, you gotta. We don't know shit about these things, man. But yeah. we do know the a lot of benefits. We don't well, know what the negatives are, and I'm. I'm aware that maybe there are some. I just don't know about them yet.
0: Yeah, and I think what I think people have to be careful of is that if you're constantly chasing something, right? Like so, anything, anything can be uh, taken out of uh, out of um, responsible use, right? And it's like if you're if you're chasing something continuously and you think that this is the key, if it's the shortcut to whatever you want. Uh, I think that's wrong because yeah. what I've looked at now and everything that I, I know about psychedelics is that like, yeah, it'll give you different perspectives and 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 open up your mind. And there's a lot of benefits to it. But if you think that that is going to be the shortcut to whatever you want and you're still not going to have to work for it, then you're wrong. And so uh, like people who are so close minded to it, it's uh, I think that's what they think. Like Steve said, like, you know. It's, uh, it's the enemy leading you down the wrong path. And, and the flip side to it is it might be if you're using it in that way. Like if it's, if it's taking away, yeah, you know what I mean, from, from you actually putting in the work. Like you said, I mean, you're doing a lot of beneficial things. Yeah. Like, like you're committing your life to, to helping other people and you're doing stuff with it. You know what I mean? You're not just sitting around waiting for it to manifest your life for you.
2: Yeah. F- yeah, for sure. Uh, that, that can be a tough one. I, th- I think like, cause I, this is something I struggle with because, you know, you listen to people like OSHA and like some, some monk like dudes and they just talk about how, um, you should just be like, you should just, I don't know if I'll be able to ex- go over Please. this right, but you should just, the you if you're always trying to reach a goal, you're never going to be satisfied. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how I am. I'm not, I don't know if it's a good idea. You know, mm-hmm. I have, I always just want to become a better human. I want to be superhuman as possible. And that's also why I do these all the time. I think these things are going to help me become more superhuman, but it's, 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 it's a state of non-satisfaction all the time that I feel. And and I don't really know how to go about that exactly. I mean, I know if I just can just sit in a spot and meditate all the time, that's probably where I'm going to gain the most satisfaction from life because it seems like, uh, the ultimate form of satisfaction is peace. If, if that's a feeling you can feel and, and peace um, helps you to su- sustain the feeling of love better. Yeah. Um, even though that's, that's maybe that's kind of like a transparent, I don't know if transparent is the right word, but you know, the, I, I describe these feelings like we all know exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm, I'm hoping we all, we all, we're all on the same line of what those feelings are. But I like to think that, that, taking psychedelics will take people down to the same way of thinking that i feel like how i just i feel a lot of emotion from some of my experience and experiences and it makes me want to improve it makes it makes me have more of a desire to make the world a better place and like it makes me care more about the quality of life for everything and i i don't know if everybody has that experience or not on it you know when they take it you know Mm. some people i think they are they are just tools and you can use tools for lots of different things and if you just have a tool of wanting to be come the ceo or all you care about is just inventing this new thing maybe they can just strictly take you down that path because they they they're they're like things that connect dots and if you don't have certain dots to connect to they won't connect to them they'll just connect the dots you already have in your mind and that's the way i i kind of see them um but my friend i have a friend that thinks a little differently. He thinks ultimately if you just keep doing them, you'll eventually kind of get to a place of where you have more compassion and caring and and have the same kind of mindset. But I don't know if that's true or not. That's a that's kind of a tough one for me.
0: Yeah, cuz it seems like psychedelics kind of have very similar effects across a vast majority of people. So that's something I question too. Like can it be abused in the same way that, you know, other drugs or alcohol can or, or is it is it literally just go ahead
2: well i don't think it can be abused the same way other other drugs can i I don't think so at all you don't have a choice but to be inside your mind and and see what's going on and and but but we we have our own ideas of what's right and wrong Hmm. and uh I think they kind of navigate based off of that to some degree. I'm not positive. I'm not positive on that because, again, they're super unknown. Who knows if some of the information we we get from them comes from a different place or if it's just all in our mind. One thing that's crazy with ayahuasca is some of the things that you gain from that, it feels like it comes from a different place, and that's one thing. I mean, you feel that a little bit with the other ones too. Uh, Maybe I haven't gone as deep with the other ones as I have with ayahuasca, but sometimes it does feel like – People call it downloads. You're getting information that's coming from somewhere else, and at least that's what it feels like. I don't know if that's true. You know, Ooh, that's again, it's so But, but sometimes if, that's what's so powerful about ayahuasca, man. Is it really seems to take you to a deeper place, man? Like I, I had one experience with ayahuasca last year out in the Amazon jungle where, I I wasn't really feeling it the first two nights, and so I told the shaman guy that I wasn't feeling it. So I he gave me a really strong brew. Mm-hmm. and uh in like 10 minutes man my body was feeling heavy and i was like i knew it was going to be strong and then i got really sick and i felt the intensity like man if i freaked out right now this would be really terrible and it was the same kind of thing with the roller coaster ride mm. but i was like but then i had the, then i had the mind i changed my mindset i was like fuck it bring it on if this kills me whatever just do whatever you want with me ayahuasca i don't i'm i'm, I'm here i'm ready for it and then i had to throw up so i threw up and then I laid down and I lost my body. I went to a different world. It was like a world full of color. And it was, it was like on Avatar, you know, with the blue people where he takes his ponytail and he connects it to a tree and he just fills the tree and he can sense the tree. That's what it felt like I did with ayahuasca in the jungle. I just became connected to nature in a sense. And I was just like in this world of color and, this, and I felt this feeling of love. And connection and I and one and ayahuasca talked to me for like three hours I don't even remember everything we talked about it was a lot it was it was too much I think but but one thing I did oh, gain, I remember I that I gained from it was yeah I was talking with some sort of being and it kind of felt like a female presence that's why they call ayahuasca mother ayahuasca I think because it's more of a feminine experience for some reason huh. but I think one thing I definitely gained from that is I'm really hard on myself I never feel like I'm doing things good enough and during that experience it told me, it was like, everything you're doing is awesome, Sam. Like, uh, you know, it like it loved me and it told me everything was great. And afterwards I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't stop smiling, man. I just felt amazing afterwards. And I think that's, that's, that was a very important transformation for me, man. I just, i I think I became a little different person after that. I ch- changed a little bit and, and, but coming back to society, I slowly convert back to being someone that, uh, that never feels like I'm doing things good enough. You know, it's I come back to that, but I still I still remember that experience and when I think about it, man, it is it, it is emotional and I feel like there's some sort of benefit there from it. That you carry into the rest of your life.
0: That's awesome,
2: dude. Yeah. Those those, ex- uh, those experiences. So yeah, those, yeah, those kind of experiences you can have in ayahuasca, man, and they can I think they can get crazier than that. I haven't so- that was probably the craziest one I had, but I've heard other
0: people's experiences. So like coming from a religious background, right. Um, Yeah. And, and this talk about, you know, the traditional God and everything. I mean, is there still, do you still hold beliefs about like a, a deity, a God? I mean, do you think that's what these experiences help you tap into on a spiritual level? Like, you know, you say you were talking to mother ayahuasca. Like, is that, would you, could you see the connections from like the dogmatic teachings of like, say the Bible and something, uh, that mother ayahuasca or whoever you were talking to? I mean, is there, can you make that connect connection? Is, can you reconcile those, those different beliefs or is that, do you think it's something completely different? What's your feelings on that?
2: I think, I think there is some connection there in the sense of, feeling something greater than yourself and that that sense of spirituality but i think i'm not very educated in religion so i might not be the best for discussing all this but i think religion is uh you know it's it's tainted by the hand of man and Mm. so it gets changed by whoever writes history and um this is going to, this is just more of like a pure source in a sense. It feels, it feels like anyways. And, uh, I I don't, I I wouldn't, I would only connect it in the sense of that. It feels like there's, there's something great and unknown beyond yourself or, and, and maybe that, maybe it's not, maybe it is just yourself that you're just, and you're just being open up to it in a sense. It's it's hard to say, man.
0: See, and that's, that's, I think that's the distinction that I'm after is, is The disconnection the disconnect between yourself and something greater. Because I think at the end of the day, fundamentally, that's what religions are, right? I mean, every everybody gets lost in the in the nuances and the details of it. But like I guess for me in my spiritual journey without psychedelics, that's something that I've always kind of held on to as being like an extremely important way of thinking is, is that there is something greater than us there's a there's a like you talk about like getting information downloaded right and having this idea of um like infinite intelligence or the the universe or uh energy you know some this this bigger thing uh that we all are connected to like i think that idea in itself transforms your being the way you think um and the way you go about yourself and the way you treat other people. I think and that and that's why I'm curious about like your thoughts on that is just because I think it's such a fundamental idea for, for development in itself.
2: Yeah, man, that that's a really tough one for me, man. I uh I think uh we have a disconnect from you know, a lot of the world is made up of wilderness and, and the wild and it's, it's an intense place and, but we, we need it to survive. And I think we kind of lose that by, uh, you know, just being cooped up in cities all the time, which I think cities are great and cities are a part of, uh, they're, they're just like a necessary part of our evolution in a sense, like it it was bound to happen. So it, it can't hate on it in a sense, but I think, uh, getting connected to, you know, the outside world, which is, you know, made up of animals and plants and all that, all that, I think getting connected to that, it helps you to, this is a tough one for me, (laughs) but it it helps you to uh, understand. I don't know. It just helps you to understand that even if, even if whatever, whatever life is, whatever nature is, it helps you understand that thing, will destroy you. And and it's also really important that you survive that for you to, to live for, for all of us to survive. Mm. And it, it gives you a different perspective on that. And I don't, I don't really know what to make of that. Like that, that in a sense, that is a higher power, you know, but that's also you, you know, you're a part of that. That's, that's, you're, we're breathing, we're exchanging air with these things. Like we're, we come from, we come from the earth in a sense, you know, we come from we in a sense we evolved from plants and something along those lines you know like we're we're a part of this and going out and doing that going out and doing things in nature and out in the jungle and out in the mountains and and then taking psychedelics and connecting with that on a deeper level it just helps you get connected to that in a sense and it it feels like a greater thing than you but it it might also just really just connecting you to yourself because I mean we really are you know when we die we just break up and we become part of the world again in a physical sense you know we just get eaten by insects or whatever and and they go out and they get eaten it's just a cycle of life you know and mm-hmm. uh in some sense you know again this is a hard this is a hard thing for me to break down but it's like we are we are one with the world literally
3: mm-hmm.
2: and that that just helps us understand that but it also it also feels greater than us at the same time but at, that's still a subject I need to break down more.
0: Well, dude, you know what I notice is just like you've brought this up several times, but uh, it seems like you're at peace with your mortality. Like you understand one day you will not be here. And you can. the fact that you can talk about that or that we can have a conversation about that, I think is so much more than most people. I know people who like you bring up death and they're like, no, 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 let's stop talking about that. Let's, let's not talk about that. You know, it's like it's not a very healthy way of going about life. And, and just the fact that, you know what I mean? Just the fact that you can deal with the mortality and the, and the reality of like, we were born into this world, but we are going to die eventually is, is, uh, one of those fears again, that people will be willfully blind about until the day that they're on their deathbed. And, um, like just in that. Yeah. Man, it's crazy. It's crazy if it could open up your mind to those things. For
2: sure, man. Well, I think it just it's goes right along with the analogy you were talking about about just your your the Spider Man analogy where your bubble just slowly gets bigger and, and people that don't like to talk about death, they just have a really small bubble. Mm. And they they just need to slowly step out of that bubble till they get to where the bubble's big enough they can talk about that without without wanting to break down or escape from it, you know yeah I yeah. think uh I think that's what psychedelics you know again, that's what they do is they make you observe the things that you're scared of most, mm. and the more you do them, the more you go in and face those things, and I think that's and then you can eventually get to where you can talk about that and be reasonable and not let your emotions rule your your thoughts in a sense, and you can have more of a, a sensible conversation about it.
0: I'm sold. We're doing it, and then we're, gonna, <laughs> and then we're gonna do a podcast after. We're gonna talk about it.
2: <laughs> that sounds fucking badass, dude. Yeah,
0: dude. I mean, cause you know, there's only so much we could do, like uh, as far as like questioning you and like interrogating you about this shit. Like, I think it'd be a much uh, richer experience or conversation if we if we all, uh yeah did some shrooms, brother.
1: Let's do well, it, brother. I, well. I feel like- you did a good job of explaining it though. I've talked to some people who have taken psychedelics who really don't know how to put anything into words. Yeah. So it's I it's think it. you've
2: done a good job, man. Thanks, man. It's taken time. You know, I've I've been hanging out with some really dope humans lately that make me have to think about everything more and uh, it's helped me a lot. And having conversations like, like this just helped me uh, you know, get better at formulating my thoughts in words, which is really important. You know, that's again, that's why I think these podcasts are uh, really important, you know, at dude. the very least, just to have these conversations.
0: Yeah, dude. So you are officially our, uh, our shaman, bro. So good company uh, <laughs> <laughs> is hiring you I'll, on. <laughs> I'll,
2: I'll gladly facilitate for you. <laughs> no, I, that's... Uh, there was, a, there was one, or there was, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about. Cause I, I feel like it's, it's really incredible. Yeah. And it, it's, it doesn't exactly have to do with psychedelics, but it it is it is right there with them in a sense. So on my last retreat down in the jungle, um, well, first off, I met this guy named Danish, and uh, he he's from Hungary, and he watched an ayahuasca documentary one day, and the next day he got on his bike and he headed for the for Iquitos, Peru, in the Amazon jungle, and it took him two and a half years to get there, but he eventually got there. And uh, okay. when he got there, and, and it, by the way, Iquitos, Peru, it's it's in the middle of Amazon jungle. It's a city full of six hundred thousand people, and the only way to get there is by boat or plane. It's a five day boat ride from Lima, hmm. and it's an hour plane ride from Lima. So it's it's like a secluded city out in the jungle. There's no roads that go that connect to it. So you have to either take one of those things to get there. It's just this crazy jungle city, and where where people from tribes out in the jungle they they've collected there and build built this interesting community out there but it's the also the ayahuasca capital of the world it's where most people go to do ayahuasca uh, just because there's all these indigenous tribes out there that have been working with it for thousands of years so he eventually made his way out to there and he started drinking ayahuasca with uh shamans and by about his 15th ceremony he uh for some reason, he was able to leave his, the ceremony in the middle of an ayahuasca ceremony to go home and check on his dog. And when he got home, he was still tripping on ayahuasca. But he realized he's like, I don't need a shaman to do this ayahuasca. So he started he started drinking ayahuasca by himself. And he just he built like a little house out in the jungle, like pretty deep in the jungle. Uh, it's like an hour and a half walk from the nearest little town and he just drank ayahuasca out there for like a year and a half by himself just staying out in the jungle he's this crazy awesome dude i i I, so when i went out this last time i went and stayed with him at his house for four days and we we worked with a couple different psychedelics out there and it it was just such a powerful experience man but that's just a side note that wasn't what i was going to talk about i just wanted to boost talk about this guy because he's so fascinating yeah he's just a guy that just lives he just lives in the moment he just lives out in the jungle and the and and it's crazy out there man there's there's snakes everywhere there's scorpions there's tons of mosquitoes there's flies that bite you and they leave mosquito bites and they're just all over the place and it's out of control and this guy this guy this guy eventually got to a point where he could just go sit in a clearing in the jungle in the pitch black at nighttime and nothing would touch him somehow he got honed into that and uh (laughs) I think there's something to be learned from, from him. What so, fuck? Yeah. So I went and stayed with him for four days this last time. And it was really amazing just, just kind of living his life for a little bit. And then after the four days, I went on the retreat, and the retreat was really incredible also. Um, but that might be something I might be doing more in the future is working with him, just going out and staying with him. And he makes ayahuasca for people, and they'll just drink by themselves. Damn. Um, so if people are interested in that kind of thing, uh, message me. We can... Yeah, dude. What's your more, but,
0: What's your Instagram handle, man? Uh, put it out there. So
2: my Instagram's Sam Kemp, S A M K E M P, and then C J and Cat Jason Jones, uh, Sam Kemp C J. So if anybody would ever like to connect, you can connect to me on Instagram. Um, nice. But any, yeah, the the main thing. Or go ahead.
0: No, I was just gonna say anywhere else they could they could kind of check you out or see what you do or maybe any other resources they could they could use to find you or anything like that, or just Instagram.
2: Instagram is the best one, but you can also connect with me on Facebook just by searching my name, Sam Kemp. I think it's usually pops up pretty close to the top. Um, yeah, but the main thing I wanted to talk about was this, this frog secretion called Cambo. And uh, I've known about it for a long time, but I didn't really understand the benefits until recently. And so when I went on this, the retreat after Danish's house for nine days, uh Victor's the one that puts it on and Victor uh, he works pretty deeply with this this medicine and basically what it is is it's a secretion that comes out of this frog called the monkey tree frog and uh, it's a defense mechanism that comes out of it, the secretion and it's I think it's poisonous if you uh, if it gets in your mouth but uh, how it works is you you burn yourself on the arm so you just have like some little burn marks and you, and you take the secretion and you put it on the burn marks and in like 10 seconds, your face starts swelling up, you get super hot and your heart starts beating faster. And then you start puking and sometimes shitting your guts out. And <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like a good time. It's the worst. It's the worst. And it does, it's not even psychedelic. You don't even trip on it, but, and, but it's over in 20 minutes. There's just 20 minutes of extreme purging out of your body. And, uh, you, are supposed to do it on an empty stomach. You drink, you drink, you're supposed to drink about five glasses of water right before you do it. So you puke up all the water And then you start puking your bile up, uh, the stuff that's in your liver, I think. And sometimes, you know, bile is just normally yellow or clear. But some people that when it's their first time or they haven't done camel very much, they're not puking up just yellow bile. They're puking up like black and red and different colors from their liver. And they're just it's like an extremely deep purge. It's like it's like. Kind of like the candle things or the the candle cones you put in your ear and they pull out all the wax and you realize how much wax was in your ear and all the dirt in there and all this other stuff. It's the same kind of thing, but it's for your entire body. And uh, what's really crazy about it is my – as Victor's used it to cure his uh, – help cure his aunt's cancer and he used it to cure his mom's cancer. And, um, and uh, it, it, he also used it to cure Whoa, people's malaria. Yeah, dude. So, so he – He's also used to cure malaria, so people get malaria, and he just does it on them one time, and it gets rid of it, and they're they're fine afterwards. And another thing that's super crazy is that he's been bitten by uh, viper the viper snake, and the viper (laughs) snake can kill you. It can kill you in like ten hours, and he used cambo, and got rid of the poison. He just puts the burn. He just does the burn marks, you know, and puts the secretion on his arm. It just expels everything. He's been bitten by scorpions and he's used the camel for that. It's just, it's insane, dude. And so that's, that's one thing I'm, I'm probably going to write about soon. And I brought some back. So uh, if anybody that's sick or has any kind of disease or any kind of, you know, anything serious going on that they feel like needs to be cleansed, I just want to offer the cambo to them. And um, it's, I, I don't ask for any cost on it. It's if you're really sick, I'd love to just use it on you and, See how it works, and and it's it's very safe. Nobody's ever died from it. Um, Victor's even used it on small children.
0: Wow, dude, that's awesome! You can do it on
2: kids. Yeah, it's a really incredible thing, man. And the the process of getting it is really powerful too. Like uh, a while back, Victor took us out in the jungle at nighttime to look for this frog, and we just go down the river in his boat. And every once in a while, they'll turn off the engine. He'll make the the frog noise. It's like quack 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 quack, and and he'll listen to see if it calls back. And we would just keep going down the river until eventually it called back off in the distance, and so we would we would uh, dock the boat and we would start walking, and the and the the frogs usually in a pretty wretched place. Like we were walking through these swamps with alligators in them. It's pitch black. There's mosquitoes and bugs and scorpions and snakes oh, all over shit. the place. There's 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 vines hanging down with like two inch thorns poking out of them. You know we're just going around all this stuff. And he just keeps making the call and the call back, and we just get closer and closer to him. And eventually, we get to where they are, and they're up there. they sit up in the trees pretty high. And he shines a light, and he can see one. There, it's like the frog's almost the size of my hand. It's just green, and or it's green. And he, so he climbs up to the tree, and he has a ritual where he's like he's thanking the frog and he's kind of praying to it in a sense. And the frog doesn't have any natural predators except for one kind of snake, so it doesn't run away. And he puts his hand out, and the frog almost basically just walks into his hand. You know, it just kind of steps into it in a sense. And, he, and he's, like, whispering to it and thanking it for its medicine. And he brings it down from the tree, and he ties it up uh, with, like, uh, some some rope. And and then he puts, he puts, like, a stick in its nose just to tickle it, and it pisses it off a little bit, I, I guess. And secretion comes out of it, and then he just takes the secretion and puts it on a stick and then he lets the frog go and the frog goes back up in the tree and that's how he gets that's how he gets the frog medicine and so
0: wow
2: dude it's a really powerful experience Uh, man like it's like and then he brings the frog back man and then he fucking heals people with it or he brings the secretion he doesn't bring the frog back but he brings the secretion back and he's been using it he's been traveling to florida and helping tons of people there and and so I, I have a stick. I have a stick of the cambo secretion too. And if anybody ever wants to, you know, see if it'll help them, I just wanted to offer that. So. Yeah, man, that's beautiful, that's man. So Thank cool, you so man. much for offering that. Yeah,
0: we're gonna blast this on social media and everywhere we possibly can. And I, I definitely want somebody to take you up on that because that is powerful yeah. stuff, man.
2: Yeah, dude, it's really crazy. I think that's one of. the – And during my ayahuasca sessions, out. Uh, I uh, one of them on this last retreat, which I just got back from a few days ago. Uh, it really just I, my goal, my intention for these these uh, last ayahuasca ceremonies that I was in was to strengthen my mind because I have a friend who is just a goddamn superhuman. He like we takes a lot of psychedelics together, and he can just. He can, he's, his mind's so strong that he can just stay honed in on his experience and he can choose to go super deep if he wants, or he can choose to be present if he needs to. And his mind is just on another level from anybody's i ever seen. He doesn't ever get sick on ayahuasca because he knows how to control his body. He knows how to let go because, because letting go is a, I think letting go is a form of control because you're controlling your mind to let go. Mm-hmm. Like you choose to and that that's a form of control so being able to strengthen your mind in the sense of being able to concentrate on one thing whether that one thing's just being the observer or you know letting go or whatever it is uh, if it's your intention that you want to work on uh, there's something really really powerful about that and I think it transfers over to every other aspect of life like where it transfers over to your reading and to your to uh, Retaining retaining information into thinking deeper because if you just concentrate on one subject in your mind and think about it for a long time, that's you know it's the same thing as what Jordan Peterson was talking about where you, um, you just break things down more. Yeah. Uh, so that was my intention, but that was my intention. Drinking ayahuasca was to concentrate on my mind, but I ended up it ended up telling me it's like, dude, you should. He yeah. didn't say dude, but it <laughs> <laughs> ayahuasca was saying. You sh- you should uh, share Campbell with these certain people like and and I and there were some people with cancer that I've and it just made me start crying and I felt so bad for some of these people that had cancer because they weren't doing so well and so I it told me it's like you should offer it to them and see if they want to do it and like that's basically just what it told me on on my first ayahuasca ceremony even though I had a completely different intention it just brought these things up randomly I really I real I was learning how amazing Campbell was but I didn't really take it to heart. Until yeah. that ceremony. I was like, wow, this stuff this stuff could be really important if it really if it actually does work as as incredible as as my friend says and all the th- all the experiences he's had with people with curing people are mm-hmm. true. That's really something
0: powerful, man. Oh yeah, dude, that's next level. Yeah. That's crazy, man. My my mind yeah. is my mind is just blown right now. Like I don't know what to think <laughs> about half the shit we just talked about. Um, but that's a lot of
2: information man sorry (laughs) no
0: no i i appreciate you sharing man it's just it's just crazy to it's just crazy to hear these stories i mean this is something uh this is something that you hear on like a joe rogan podcast and i'm just so fucking pumped you came on good company first
2: (laughs) yeah yeah dude you know i always think it's so fucking dope when i find something that's incredible that's not on joe rogan <laughs> yeah dude yeah. I, got got
0: you, right I got you right joe i got you joe yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. uh,
0: no dude i appreciate it. hey we're definitely gonna have you back on as well and like i said we'll probably have you on multiple yeah. times if you if you would have us man uh um, of
2: course man yes. b-
0: but uh, but yeah, I want people to I want people to search you up. I want somebody to take you up on this. Um, what's it called? Kempo. Uh,
2: it's called Cambo. Cambo. So K A yeah K A M is in Mary, B O
1: Cambo.
0: Cambo. Yeah. Man that's awesome steve you good man you got anything else bro uh
1: no i'm good i'm i'm good it's been fun for me because i've i've been able to talk to sam a lot about some of this stuff but you know cambo's new um that was crazy but yeah i just i don't know psychedelics are scary for a lot of people at first but it's cool to see you don't become a total piece of shit and a second-class citizen (laughs) and all these things right like it's it can be life enhancing so i just you know for people who want to write it off immediately or or scared of it or whatever or people who were you know just wanted to blindly go into it i hope this helps everybody just gain some kind of perspective and just uh come to appreciate a little more be interested in learning more about it yeah for awesome. sure for sure sam so, man thank I think you so you did much a good job man yeah thanks for having me guys it was awesome i
0: appreciate it man um all right good company out